You're listening to episode 36 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. Today, I will be talking with you about teaching students in mixed proficiency classes. The topic for this episode was prompted by three things. The first one is obvious. Um, a while back, actually one of my first three episodes, and I think it's uh, episode number three, was about mixed proficiency level classes, and it is one of the most listened to episodes. So I obviously can tell that there is a need for this. The second one is this. When people join my Facebook group, I ask them to answer a few simple questions, one of them being what is your greatest challenge right now? And teaching mixed proficiency classes is at the top of many teachers' challenges. And finally, I myself am fully immersed in teaching classes where students are at mixed proficiency levels. And this year, those classes are more than just two or three students. So I'm going to do a series of several episodes about this topic where I will touch upon how to set up or structure your classes so that you don't feel pulled in many different directions at the same time what activities work well in such classrooms, and as well as classroom behavior management, which might become a thing when you have more students. In this first episode, I will share with you how you can set up your mixed proficiency classroom for success, and I hope you found this useful, and as always, let us know what you think. So without further ado, let's get started. <music> Welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to thank everyone for such wonderful reviews on the podcast. It's been over six months now since its release, and I have heard from so many of you, whether it is a review on Apple Podcasts or a message on Instagram or a sweet email, your words mean the world to me. And I created this podcast because I want to share the wisdom that is out there in our field and reach as many teachers who are as passionate about teaching English learners, and not only them, as I am. I also understand that not everyone is ready or able to purchase my offerings. So this is my way of serving you all, easygoing, practical, and inspiring. And to celebrate the start of the school year, we are hosting a giveaway. We are giving away three $10 Teachers Pay Teachers gift cards to three lucky winners. To enter, follow these steps. Number one, follow, rate, and write a review of your favorite episode on Apple Podcasts. Number two, screenshot it before you submit. It takes some time for it, appear in, to, for it to appear in the feed, so we don't want you to lose that. Uh, email that screenshot to hello at simplyyeva.com. That's hello at S-I-M-P-L-Y-I-E-V-A.com or direct message me on Instagram at simplyyevaesl. As a bonus entry, share the screenshot of my podcast or your favorite episode on Instagram stories and tag me. The winners will be announced on September 16th, 2022. Good luck. All right, let's get started. 
As I mentioned in the introduction, a lot of EL teachers work in the classrooms where students are not at the same English proficiency level. I dream of having a classroom of just the newcomers or just level one, two or just intermediates. However, the reality is different for most of us. As you know, my specialty is middle and high school. The students have their set time to see me and that is their English language learner class. At the middle school, at least I'm working with one grade level, but at the high school, I have a mix of freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and sometimes even seniors in one class. Even if you work in an elementary school, your groups might be varied in their proficiency levels and sometimes even grade levels. Talk about a challenge. So a few years ago, we had fewer students and that made planning a little bit different. I might have created more lessons because I would see one or two students at a time. But this year I have classes of four, six and nine students, some of whom come to me every day, which is again, a new challenge. So let's talk about how you can set up your mixed proficiency classroom for success. First things first, uh, take a look at what your students need. Uh, there are two pieces of information that we need for this, and I will be using WIDA levels when talking about this. So if you are not in a WIDA state, just wanted to recap um, some of the jargon. So level one is entering, meaning complete newcomers. Level two is beginning. So somebody who's also like a newcomer beginner, uh, but already has some, uh, has had some English language instruction. Level three is developing and level four is expanding and uh, uh, different states have different test out criteria. So anywhere uh, between four and a half and five is when the students uh, exit can exit the program. Now, first I use the formal testing data, which is WIDA access or screener scores, which tell me the areas of need. So ask yourself how your test scores, whichever test you use in whatever state you are, how those test scores translate into your students' ability to access content area instruction in their regular education classes. This will give you uh, quite a bit of information. And second, I do a little bit of informal digging. For newcomers, I have created a simple document where I check whether they're familiar with the basics of English, such as the alphabet, numbers, colors, shapes, body parts, school and classroom objects and subjects. Um, this gives me a more accurate idea of where to start with them as well as what to plan for. And if I have students who are at around level three or, or, or higher and they're new, I mentioned this because uh, if a student is at this level, I might have worked with them before, so I probably know them. But if they're new, I might have a chat with them about themselves, you know, to share some information so that I can see their speaking and also give them a writing prompt just to see where they're at. This gives me, um, again, some more information about how well they formulate their sentences. If there's anything we need to look at, um, again, gives me some um, another layer of information. Now, having students at level two and above three and a half in the same classroom means they have different needs, right? So uh, these are important steps uh, when you are trying to set up your classroom. 
The second point um, to have in mind is this. Think of the routines that you need to implement in your classroom. It is very easy for the lesson to get out of hand when the students are not entirely sure what is expected of them. And I'll be honest, this is the first year when I'm actually facing this particular uh, challenge, uh, trying to make sure that uh, all the students know what they're supposed to do. So here are a few sample things to consider. Uh, think about your classroom expectations. Uh, will you be teaching the students actively or will you be helping them with homework from their general education classes, for example, right? So the students need to know uh, how to be in that scenario. Will there be assignments from you that they will be expected to turn in or will you only work on uh, classwork and there will be no homework, for example? Um, if you do introduce new expectations, stations and independent work, explain clearly what the students are to do. And chances are you're going to have to repeat yourself many times until it sticks with the students. Uh, think about bathroom rules. Um, what are your bathroom rules? Uh, I, going to the bathroom, raising your hand uh, tends to get out of hand at any uh, level, whether you're elementary or uh, secondary. So this is an important thing to consider. I've had students who would all of a sudden raise their hands that they really need to go to the bathroom in the middle of instruction. That is a no-no, right? So do you want only one student at a time leaving the classroom? Do they have to sign out on a sheet or do they have to write their name on the board before leaving? Um, will it be only available at the start of the class or end of the class to minimize disruptions? So think this through so that uh, there are no surprises. Uh, now, next thing, how do you want your students to turn in their papers if there will be uh, papers to turn in, right? So if you are assigning them something physically, will there be designated areas or will you have everything digital? So for a physical paper, you might need to go over the expectations that the students will write their name, date, and class period at the top of the paper. Uh, but if you only have digital documents, it is simpler as you can immediately tell whose work it is and when it was turned in. Uh, do you, are you a stickler for turning things in on time and so on and so on? I typically uh, teach my students that, uh, that it is very, very important uh, to turn in uh, their Google Classroom, the documents in Google Classroom on the time when it's due, just so that they can practice because uh, I might be lenient, but other classes might not be as lenient. Uh, also, what about the supplies? Do the students know the expectations of what to bring to your classroom? If not, go over what you have and what will be available to them. Will you have blank paper, lined paper, journals, pencils, etc.? So there might be other expectations specific to your uh, classes and to your teaching style, but I'm speaking from experience. What seems clear to us is not at all clear to our students, even if you work with them for many years. So spelling it out right at the start is a great, great practice. And uh, I'll be humble a little bit here. I have to practice what I preach. So uh, as I go into uh, the new week of teaching, I immediately have to remember what I uh, teach all of you. Now, the third thing to think about is planning. So now when planning for a mixed proficiency class, uh, you have to keep in mind one fact. Everyone, regardless of proficiency level, needs to work on vocabulary 
and all four language domains, which you can incorporate in your lessons. So no matter what activities you decide to do, they might need to be tweaked, but this way you can choose a focus of the lesson. Um, also remember that there will always be students who finish first, so planning extra activities is always a good idea. So here are a few tried and true ideas for planning for a mixed proficiency class. So dedicate a time in your class for actual language and skills instruction. For example, our classes are 80 minutes or so long. So I tell the students that the first half hour uh, or to 45 minutes will be dedicated to language instruction. Many of my lower proficiency level students need a ton of tier two academic vocabulary building, uh, such as language of instruction, you know, to understand what the teachers are asking them to do or content area specific vocabulary. So a half half hour might be taken up by going over some vocabulary that will help them in their content area classes. Then for the rest of the week, I may ask them to do activities using that vocabulary in all four language domains, such as listening, reading, speaking, and writing. Now, you might ask, what about the, the students who are at higher proficiency levels who might already be familiar with a vocabulary that I have pre-selected? So one way to do it is to provide them with a content area related text and have them pick their own vocabulary for the week. They can still do the same activities as everyone else, except it will be with the words that they need. Uh, the other thing is groups will be your best friend, especially if you have more students, pairs and groups. You can group students by proficiency level, if that's available to you, by language domain. Uh, do you want your students to work just on writing or just on reading? By activity, just make sure the students know the expectations. This way, if you have newcomers in your classroom, you will have a few minutes to do direct instruction to them. The next thing you can do is when planning is to think about creating some learning centers or stations as, as they might be called uh, for each language domain. So for example, in a reading center or in a reading station, you may have some lower level books. Since I work with middle and high school students, I use saddleback readers for elementary students. Reading A to Z has an amazing array to choose from. Um, I also utilize websites such as Newzella, which has really high interest reads and the reading levels can be adapted. This works really well for students who are at level three and up. Now, students can write a few sentences about what they read, draw it out, answer questions, something that will show you that they've done it, but also something that will give you some informal feedback uh, and, you know, how you can continue with them. A writing center can include activities such as journal prompts, which are for higher proficiencies or something to draw and label or write about a picture for low, lower proficiency levels. Uh, sometimes students, especially if they're newcomers, maybe they want to use their first language to answer the prompt and then you can debrief on that, you know, as uh, when they're finished. Uh, students can do sentence completion, word work, etc. And a speaking and listening center can build off of the reading and writing centers where the students might work in pairs answering questions or prompts, or they might record themselves using Flip or Padlet. Finally, if you can find a topic that will unite all levels, you can then differentiate for different students. Now, for example, if you want your students to practice opinion writing, 
you can then find a text that will be engaging for them and go from there. I'm giving this from uh, my experience because uh, when I asked uh, at the beginning of the school year, we did an activity with my uh, high schoolers and they shared that they would love to practice more speaking um, and doing presentations so that they feel more confident. So that kind of like lends itself to, uh, writing a little bit and sharing opinions. So I found an article about text messaging. Uh, everybody was engaged. Uh, everybody expressed their opinion. They were able to both write and speak. So this is just a short example of how you can do this, but again, totally depends on, uh, what your students like and need. Um, I highly recommend finding a topic that would unite all levels. Now I will share more activities that work really well in mixed proficiency classes in another episode, but for now, I hope this was helpful to you. So my question is, which of these three things that uh, will help you to set up your classroom for success are you going to utilize first? And the next question is, if you work with mixed levels, how do you set up your classroom for success? I would love to hear from you. So share with us inside our Facebook group or shoot me a message on Instagram. I can't wait to hear from you. Now, thank you for listening. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.